Hi, my name is Mike Mazar. I'm with the RAND Corporation, and I'm here speaking with Daryl Press, the Associate Professor of Government at Dartmouth and author of Calculating Credibility, How Leaders Assess Military Threats. Daryl's one of the leading experts uh, in the United States and the world on issues of, of credibility and reputation, national credibility, which is very much in the news these days uh, with the United States withdrawal from Afghanistan and a lot of the accusations that American credibility has been fatally undermined by some of what's going on. So we wanted to talk with Daryl and get a sense of where credibility comes from, what are the sources of it, what's the status of it now. So first question, what do you think are a few of the main findings of your own research and related research on this issue of credibility and reputation? Is it mostly issue specific or is it sort of a general national character? I've looked at thousands of pages of declassified documents from numerous crises. And what those documents seem to show is that when leaders are in the midst of a serious crisis, they tend to be incredibly focused on the here and now, not the past. They debate, what are the enemy's interests now in this crisis? What are his capabilities now? Can he do the things he's threatening to do? And would it be in his interest to try? That's what they seem to debate in crises. The amount of time they spend talking about an adversary's past actions and previous crises from the thousands of pages of documents I've seen is virtually zero. So you're saying that when when the folks in the Politburo or in the NSC are sitting around that table, they're not saying, uh, you know, six months ago, the United States abandoned this ally or three years ago, they did this or that. They're mostly focused on just current statements, beliefs, capabilities. Exactly. So today we're all watching with horror the scenes in Afghanistan and reading the commentary and the punditry. And so our minds are very much on Afghanistan and we're extrapolating out what this might mean about the United States going forward. But in the future, in 2026, if we're in a crisis over Taiwan or over Estonia and leaders are facing a real threat, from, let's say, from, from, from Russia, what my research shows or suggests is that U.S. leaders would be much more focused on whether Mr. Putin can actually carry out the threats he's made to Estonia, whether or not he has an interest in doing so, or from the other side, whether Russia, that Russian leaders will be focused on how much does the U.S. really care about Estonia? How much does NATO care about Estonia? Does NATO have the capability to actually protect it? That those will be the issues in 2026 that are on leaders' minds when they're fo focused on a real crisis, rather than a debate about what Kabul means and who did what to whom and whose fault it was. Yeah. So as you're saying, in, in a future Taiwan crisis, for example, it'll be less that Chinese leaders are saying, we think we can get away with this because in these three other places, the United States has demonstrated weakness and an unwillingness to respond as much as they know that those other cases may or may not indicate what the U.S. will do over Taiwan. Exactly. Again, today, Afghanistan is unfolding. So we're all focused on Afghanistan. But a crisis over Taiwan for, for the Chinese Communist Party, that's a life and death crisis about the sovereignty and unity of their country. They're going to be mainly focused on, do they believe the United States has a deep and abiding interest in preventing them from conquering Taiwan? And does the United States have the capability to carry out its commitments at reasonable costs? 
Yeah. You know, what and the U.S. did in Afghanistan or whether the U.S. was bold in assassinating the Iranian IRGC chief. These issues are going to seem distant geographically and distant in time. So, so your findings then would suggest that if the United States is concerned about shoring up its credibility for that future moment with regard to Taiwan, for example, it's much more about establishing all of the commitments and capabilities and so on, so that at that moment, they answer those questions in ways that help deter them rather than undermine deterrence, as opposed to, you know, fighting another war for another 20 years just to prove that we won't withdraw from any place. Exactly. If one is interested in increasing U.S. credibility with regard to Taiwan, then one should be focused in developing a clear, coherent case to the Chinese government, a case that they will understand as to why defending Taiwan is a profound American interest and why the United States military has the ability to do so at reasonable or low cost. That's how to enhance our credibility over Taiwan, not fighting terrorists in Afghanistan or Pakistan or anywhere else. Yeah. And just finally, I know that you have concerns about U.S. credibility generally right now. Where do those stem from? I do. I, I think we do have big credibility problems. They're just not coming from Afghanistan. The credibility problems in a nutshell are, number one, that this is the most divided moment in U.S. politics that I can remember in my lifetime. And so national capability is not just military force. It's national commitment and will. And at the moment, from our domestic sources of of policy, that's that's pretty weak. And second of all, the military balance of power around the world and in East Asia in particular is turning against the United States. And that is the real risk to U.S. credibility. Yeah, very, very well said. Well, Daryl Press, thanks so much for these insights on credibility and reputation. My pleasure. Thank you.